0: Today, we continue our sermon series, Life, which stands for living in faith every day. And we're doing this because we believe that God is calling his people to be people of faith, people of action who put their faith uh, into action and practice in their lives. And what we're doing is looking at different stories in Scripture where there are individuals, God's people, who find themselves in certain circumstances where they are called to take a step of faith. We began by looking at the, the Apostle Peter, who uh, Jesus asked him to walk to him on the water. Uh, the, the week after that, we looked at the story of Gideon, kind of the original chicken little. He's scared, and but yet God uses him through his faith to defeat a large army, uh, enemy army against great odds. And, uh, and then last week, we looked at the, the story of this beautiful Jewish woman who finds herself uh, the queen of Xerxes, a pagan king. And she's in the right place at the right time And God uses her to prevent the genocide of his people. Today we come to the story of Caleb. And Caleb's a really interesting guy. His story is found primarily in two places in Scripture. Here in the passage, that was just read out of Numbers 13 and 14. This is kind of the first look we have at him. He's middle-aged. He's 40, it says. And then a little bit later, uh, we'll see this thing. We're going to look at the other part of his life in Joshua, where we see him towards the end of his life. Uh, When he's a senior citizen and we'll discover that he's a man who uh, evidenced his faith and showed his faith consistently throughout all the years of his life. So before we move to the second half of his life, let's spend a little bit of time in the first half of his life in the passage that we just heard read. And just remember that God has told the people of Israel over and over th- throughout his scriptures that he is going to give them this land. Way back in Genesis 13, God told Abraham when he was in Canaan, the land of Canaan, that one day this would be his descendants land. And this was something that the people of, of Israel would have had been taught to them. They would have known it. Uh, and so they're on the verge of claiming this promise that was made to their their forefather, their ancestor, Abraham, but they come to the, the land of, of Israel, and like any good military operation, they decide they're going to send off a, a reconnaissance team. So they pick one guy from each of the twelve tribes, they send them into the land to kind of check things out. Uh, the man they choose to represent Judah is Caleb, and Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, those are the two that we are really the primary guys, and ten others explore the land, and they come back, and the first part of the report is, wow, it's everything that we dreamed of. It's everything that God has promised us. It's a beautiful land. It's flowing with milk and honey. And they bring back this huge bunch of grapes that it takes two guys uh, to carry. It's everything they've dreamed of. But then they say, in the second part of the report, it kind of turns. And they say, there's two problems, rather large problems. Uh, the people of the land live in fortified cities. These are fortresses. These are forts, high walls. And oh, yeah, the people who live in them, they're really big. They're, they're giants. They dwarf us. And so at this point, the committee, if you're in a party community, you know sometimes there's a disagreement. The committee divides, and it's 10 to 2. And it's divided along lines of their, of their perspective of the situation. So ten of the spies uh, have the perspective of, of humankind. They measure the giants against themselves. They look at the situation. They look at what they have, who they are. They look at who they are, and they think they're stronger. There's, there's, it's just impossible. Uh, we are like grasshoppers compared to them. Uh, but now it's, it's ironic in that the spies, if you, if you caught this, they are sent to Hebron the place where God first gave the promise to Abraham. So despite the fact, and they would have known this, despite the fact that they've gone to the place where the promise originated, despite the fact that they have seen God at work, despite the fact that they, that they have seen God at work in, the, in their own lives being delivered from slavery, the parting of the Red Sea, defeating the Pharaoh's armies, uh, manna from heaven, water from rock, on and on and on. Despite all of this, when they look at the situation, all that's forgotten, all they can see are the giants and those high walls. The other side of this uh, committee, this rec- reconnaissance team, it's Caleb and Joshua. A- and they measure the giants against God. They look at the giants through the lens of God's perspective, not through their own eyes, their own understanding, their own possibilities. To a great God, to the God that they've served, to the God that they've seen do so many miracles over the years, those giants, those walls are nothing. And Caleb and Joshua are prepared to do what leaders are supposed to do in those situations, to lead. But the people are afraid, they're, they're restless, And they end up listening to the ten who have the perspective of humankind. And these ten, when it's their opportunity to step out in faith, they step back and they shrink back in fear. And the people listen to them. And the result is that they spend 40 years wandering around the Sinai Desert until a whole generation, everybody but Caleb and Joshua, dies off. What a a tragedy when you think about that. Everything that God had brought them through, everything that's been promised is right there in front of them. It's just as God said. But when push comes to shove, when it comes time to step out in faith, they shrink back in fear. And they lose that opportunity. And everybody perishes 20 and above except for Caleb and Joshua. Caleb showed faith, we see in this story. And because his faith leads him to action, God promises him that someday when they do enter the promised land after those 40 years that he will actually inherit the very land that he scouted out, the land of Hebron, the land of the original promise uh, to Abraham. It's kind of a delayed gratification for him, but God promises him, you will live, you will see the promised land, and this will be your inheritance. So let's take a look now at the second half of Caleb's life. And and, and look at how he sets really a great example for us to live a lifetime of faith. Joshua 14. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, talking about the 10 other spies, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord, my God, fully. What a great thing to say of a person. I followed my Lord God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot is trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, fully. So here's a guy who's been holding on to the promise of his place in the promised land for 40 plus years. Years, but he doesn't waver because he has faith that God will be faithful to his promises, that God will not forget him. Which is a great word to us, wherever we might find ourselves is to to hold on to God's promises to us in Scripture. The Apostle Peter talks about God's great and precious promises, which give us everything that we need for life and faith. God's promises we are to never forget who we are in Christ. We are never to forget who we are in Jesus Christ and what we have. So what are, maybe you're standing here today, you're sitting here today, and, and we can always hear, stand to hear his promises. Maybe you're feeling alone and you're feeling isolated. God's promise to you is that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you're feeling confused today, unsure of your next step in life, but God's promise to you is that if we lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, that he will direct your path. Maybe you're facing a tough situation at work and you need wisdom and clarity or perhaps in a relationship. God's promise to you is that if we in faith ask him for wisdom, that he will give it to us. That's a promise. Maybe you're feeling shame and guilt about something you've done in the past or are struggling with today. God's promise to you is that if you confess your sin, he will forgive your sin and make you clean before him. That's a promise. Maybe you're afraid and fear has a grip on you, fear about the future, fear about your family, fear about your health or your finances. God's promise to you is that he is always with you and that nothing, absolutely nothing will be able to separate you from the love that he has for you in Christ Jesus. Or maybe you're sitting here today and you've gone through a series of unexplainable bad luck. Bad things keep happening to you in your life and you, and you wonder where God is in the midst of it. God's promise to you is that God works in all circumstances and works together all these things, redeems them all for the good of his children. That's God's promise to you this morning. And so wherever you might find yourself today, like Caleb, hold on to God's promises to you and, and for you let's continue with Caleb's life story here again in Joshua 14. Now, behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me as my strength was then. So my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. David Jeremiah, the preacher and author, says this about Caleb. He says, you could summarize Caleb's life at 85 to this point in three Ds. D- desert, death, and discouragement. I mean, think about it. For the past 40 years, he was faithful. He doesn't enter the promised land right then. He has to spend 40 years, he and Joshua, leading the people, wandering the desert. And every day he gets up in the morning, he checks the obituaries his friends, his relatives, his neighbors, his acquaintances. One by one, he reads about their death. For 40 years, he grows older decade by decade, and all he sees is desert and death. Now, a generation of funerals would make the best of us depressed, gloomy, morose. But Caleb's example is that of a, of a man whose faith is strong, it's burning bright as he grows older and those around him pass on. His passion is strong for the Lord. And what fuels that fire in large part is a perspective and attitude that believed that God was good, that God had blessed him in the past, that God was trustworthy and faithful in the past, and that God would continue to be that way in the future. He has faith because of God's track record of of goodness and blessing. I mean, time and time again throughout the scriptures, what does God tell his people to do? One of the primary things he tells them to do is to remember. Remember my deeds in the past. Remember when I did this. Remember my promises to you. Remember who I am. Remember. Remember, because we as human beings, we we tend to forget when things get tough and we get tired. It becomes our perspective instead of God's perspective. And so Caleb has this strong lifelong faith because... Because of God's track record of goodness and blessing in his life and the life of his people. And he does not forget that, even when his circumstances maybe tempt him to doubt. I mean, if you step back and reflect upon your own life to this point, where do you see God's goodness? Where do you see his blessing in your life? What has God done for you? What is he doing for you? I mean, none of our lives are going to be completely full of only good things, right? And good times. But all of us have been greatly blessed. Keep a record what God has done. Count your blessings. It will fuel your passion. It will strengthen and grow your faith as you go through life. Back to Caleb's story again. Now then, give me this hill country, this is Caleb talking again, about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were here, the giants, with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Caleb, he's 85 years old. He's got faith to ask big things for God. He's dreaming. He's thinking Big things. I'm 85. Give me the mountain. Give me the giants. I'll take care of them. He's not shy about asking for what God has promised him. He believes that God will come through for what he's promised. It, you know, it thrills God's heart when we come to him in faith. And when we when we approach the throne of grace and we ask him for what he's promised. When we, we ask for his help and his strength. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Caleb here is a bona fide octogenarian. He's all fired up about rushing in to claim his inheritance, a land that's infested with, with giants. These guys are probably ancestors of, of, of Goliath. But he goes forth in faith. He believes that his God is more powerful than his enemies. And at 85, he fights the giants. He claims the land. He drives them out. You know, I want to be like that when I'm 85 years old. I mean, isn't that pretty cool to think about? You know, one of the things I think is fantastic about our church is that we've got a, a real heritage of our senior adults really continuing to, to live a life of passion and faith. They don't just retire and sit on the, set, uh, sit on the sidelines. Prayer warriors, ministers, serve, do do whatever they can to help out. Uh, that's, that's a wonderful example for, for us and to encourage us to, to, to run the race, as the Apostle Paul tells us, to fight the good fight and to keep the faith, just as Caleb did several centuries before the Apostle Paul wrote those words. So how do, we, how do we have a faith like that? How does it develop? How does it grow into a passionate faith at 85 years old? Well, first, of course, it begins with saving faith, right? It comes to a place where we put our trust and believe in, that Jesus Christ is who He said He is. That we trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins. That we believe that He died for us and He rose from the grave. That, that's the beginning of faith, but that's not where it ends, right? We're called to grow in our faith through study, through prayer, through fellowship, through service, through worship, to to grow in our faith. The Apostle Paul's uh, excuse me. The, the apostles asked Jesus to increase their faith. So should we. Jesus said, everything is possible to the one who has faith. We need a faith in a great God, a growing faith, a lifetime faith. Next, let's take a look at the, second, the last part of, of Caleb's life. Again, in Joshua 14, it's after he's driven out the giants and we read this. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron, again, that's where Abraham received the promise, gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. And therefore it became the inheritance of Caleb until this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, the giants. Then the land had rest from war. So because of Caleb's faith, he's given what God has promised him. At 85 years of age, after 40 years of waiting, of watching his generation die, of seeing the giants in the mountains, Caleb receives the promise. He kept the faith. Paul Brand, a doctor who wrote a great book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, with Philip Yancey. um, His mother, Evelyn, was perhaps even more amazing than he. When she was a young woman, she felt called by God to go to the mission field in India. As a single woman in 1908, she had a lot of faith and a lot of determination. She married a young man named Jesse, and they began together a ministry to people in rural India, bringing education and medical supplies, building roads to help the poor. Early in the ministry, they went seven years without a single convert, no fruit whatsoever. But then a priest of a local tribal religion developed a fever and grew deathly ill. Nobody else would go near him, but but they did. They nursed him while he was dying. He said, this God, Jesus, must be the true God because only Jesse and Evelyn will care for me in my dying. The priest gave his children to them to care for after he died, and that became a spiritual turning point in that part of the world. People began to examine the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, began to follow him in increasing numbers. Evelyn and Jesse had 13 years of productive service, and then Jesse died. At this time, Evelyn was 50. Everybody expected her to return home to England, but she would not. Her son Paul came over when she was 70. This is what he said about his mom. This is how to grow old. Only everything else, excuse me, allow everything else to fall away until those around you see only love. A favorite verse of hers is Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Toward the end of her life, everybody called her Granny Brand. She had been 20 years a widow, and at age 70, she received word from the missions office in England that she was too old. They were pulling her support. A party was held to celebrate her time in India. Everybody cheered her on, have a good trip back, have a good retirement, she said, I've got a surprise, a little secret, I'm not going back, I'm staying in India. She had a little shack built for her. She bought a pony to get around the mountains, and she would ride from village to village on horseback to tell people about Jesus. She did that for five years on her own, and then one day at seventy five she fell off and broke her hip. Her son Paul said, Mom, you've had a great run. God's used you, it's time to turn it over now, go back home. I'm not going back, she said. God give me another mountain. She spent 18 more years traveling from village to village on horseback. Falls, concussions, sickness, aging, nothing could stop her. Finally, when she hit 93, she could not ride on horseback anymore. So men in the villages, because they loved her so much, built her a stretcher and they carried her from village to village for two more years before she finally died. She never retired, though. She just graduated. If she had a logo, something that would symbolize her life, beyond the cross of Jesus Christ. It would be a stretcher on which he was carried up and down those mountains to pour out the end of her life in sacrificial love. What, a, what an incredible life of faith. You see, as followers of Jesus Christ, life is not primarily to be about our comfort, about our benefit, about our pleasure. It's about saying in faith, God, give me another mountain. As long as I have breath and energy, and ability and resources give me another mountain. That life might look like Granny, Granny Brands. It might look like Caleb's. It might be a story gets told or it might not. No one may know about your story, but you and God, it doesn't matter. Living in faith each and every day. Living the adventure God has planned for you. Becoming the person God has created you to be is not to be one pursuit among many. It is to be the main pursuit worth wanting above everything else. It's why that why you and I were born. We are called to a lifetime of faith as God's children each and every day. Holy Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Caleb and so many others in scripture, of, of Evelyn Brand, of, of so many in our church over the years. Lord, help us to be people who burn bright in our faith for you that as we grow older and get more settled in life, that our faith would not wane or become lukewarm, but that we would look back at your record in our lives, that we would remember your promises, that we would step out in faith and be used of you for great things. We thank you, Lord, for the table to which we now come, that we would meet you there in a very real sense, that would hear your promises to us, that we'd be strengthened and encouraged, that our faith would grow. Amen.